300 downloads. That's how much left I have before the podcast makes it to 10K. It's been a long ride, and I don't want this to end at all. Not one bit. Yes. I understand in order to get to that number, I must continue to post content. Yes, I did take a week off when I should have posted an episode these past few weeks based on what's been going on. But you're also allowed to also enjoy your life outside of this, outside of work, outside of the podcast, outside of the streaming, all of that. I have something huge coming up. You're all going to love it. I can't wait to show you guys. I'm not going to miss out on the WrestleMania stuff, the wrestling stuff. There will be some wrestling content here in a few. But, you know, sometimes you just have to take a step back, reassess what you're doing, and look at it in a different perspective. Look at it in another person's eyes. Yes, I've joined TikTok And yes, I've been creating content, making videos, going live and hustling the podcast. I've hustled the podcast. Let me tell you, the hustling, the hustling as the podcast has been, has been pretty good. You can tell by how many downloads I have left. Possibly by the end of next week or before you listen to the next episode of the podcast, I will be at at that exact 10K number. When it comes, I will make sure to talk about it, to celebrate. I will be here with you all. I will be here celebrating. You're all my community, bro. (laughs) The community that I worked so hard to build last year from helping other podcasters, building them up, hyping up others, cross-promoting, and bringing them on to the podcast. To now getting all my friends on the show to talk about the things they love. That's my community. That's my family. Without any of the people that I've mentioned in the past here in the shout outs, this right here, this right here, this never would be happening. You all supported me. You all drove me. You all kicked my ass. You all told me to freaking shoot for the stars. How's that go? Shoot for the sky. (laughs) I have. That's part of it. The other part is because I love talking about this. I love doing this. I love enjoying this. I enjoy doing this. One of the biggest questions about podcasting has always been, how do you start a podcast? Is it hard? What do you need? Is it expensive? Where can I post it? Where? Who will listen to it? All the relevant questions. I've basically answered all those questions in the span of two years. You all have grown with me. You all have come along on this magical fucking ride with me. You all know the answer to these questions because I make it my point to make sure you do. I answer them. 
But nobody ever asked me this, and maybe it's me, and maybe I'm the only one that thinks this way. Maybe. Maybe it's just me, and that's fine. I get it. But the question is, how do I stop this from happening? How do I stop talking? How do I stop this podcast? Sorry to kill a vibe already. Because I can't stop talking, you know? I, I, I can't stop. It won't let me. I'm not stopping. I don't see myself stopping. But how exactly do I stop? Those that have never done a podcast for 12 episodes or a thousand episodes. Or those that have. That ever. That have ever done this. And had to earn a living talking. How do you live a normal life? After, do you stop talking? Are you an influencer now? Do you motivate people? Do you have a job? <laughs> do you have a normal job now? How? What? Huh? Because I feel like I'm a big motivator. Not really a social media influencer because I'm not all over the socials taking pictures and putting them out there. But I feel like on here I can talk and talk and talk and talk and then say something that reflects my life or a stranger or one of my friends and it clicks to me or my friends or that stranger and I don't even want to stop doing that. I go back to last year when I was helping a few people on Tumblr Live and putting their trailers on my podcast as well as shouting them out. Because that's what I do. I help people. I do for others what nothing was done for me. Yeah, right? Y'all know the story. But lately I've seen and heard and been messaged by new people investing in the podcast and wondering what I'm about. So here it is. Let me tell you what I'm all about. I started in January of 2021, and it was about wrestling at first. I wanted to talk about my passion, why I enjoyed it, why I hid behind it, because to me, it was something to get away from. I used to go to my neighbor's house to watch it, to get away from the arguing and fighting that was going on in my house between my mom and stepfather. I got lost in wrestling. Wrestling saved my life at a young age that I fell in love with the characters it depicted. So for a whole year, I talked about the thing that mattered to me most, and that is stories about my childhood, as well as wrestling shows, and what I thought about them now as an adult. Towards the evolution of the show, I started talking about my mental health, my diabetes, horror movies, horror movies, TV shows, music that made me who I am. I pretended that I was in a room with my friends, with you all, and this is what I wanted to talk about. This is what I wanted to tell you. Hey, you seen this show? Have you heard this song? What's going on? <laughs> How you doing? 
In January of 2023, here we go. In January of 2023, I was live streaming on an app, and I would always talk about my podcast. Tumblr Live taught me how to be confident, how to change up my podcast, how to change up my cadence, how to talk to people. It gave me something to look forward to. It was a part of me as I was a part of it. It gave me a sense of belonging and introduced me to the community of friends that to this day I still keep in contact with. All those that are still here, thank you. I appreciate you guys. love you guys. I love your faces. You guys are amazing. We check up on each other how we are. How has our life been without the app? Where are we now? Because that's what a community of friends do. They look out for one another. They don't go into your live chat. And instead of asking how you've been or messaging you, they ask if you still remember them or if y'all are still friends. That's not what the these guys do. These people, my Tumblr Live family, don't put you down and call you names. Instead, they lift you up or you lift them up and we catch up. Instead, they tell you how amazing you are, how you're doing, and how happy you look instead of saying you're showing off cold vibes and trying to bait you into starting a fight that they can't win. That's a little sus if you ask me. True story, it happened a few nights ago. Not going to get into that, but it was a true story. It was an awkward thing. Back to me not stopping this podcast, uh, never going to stop talking, because I can't. <laughs> I can't stop talking about it. In the words of Leonardo DiCaprio as Jordan Belfort and the Wolf of Wall Street movie, you know that one line in the movie, the one leaving quote? You know that one. Yes, that one. They're going to need a wrecking ball to get me to stop talking on this podcast. Because I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. Welcome back, my father's behavior squad. I'm Evo, and you are listening to a brand spanking new episode of From Under the Apron, sometimes live on TikTok. The realization just hit me that the podcast hitting 10k downloads in conjunction with me almost getting to 10k followers on TikTok. It's, it's meshing, it's happening at the same time. 
I'm loving it. I'm here for it. Let's go. By the way, if I haven't said this already, follow me on TikTok to watch me live and do the podcast there. I'm usually there nightly enjoying the vibe and doing the exact same thing I was doing on Tumblr Live. Over on the app, I've been doing a few things here and there creatively. The first few weeks of my comeback on TikTok, I thought I was going insane. I felt like nothing was clicking. I felt like I didn't belong here anymore. I've been gone for way too long. I don't know how to do this anymore. I'm rusty. I don't know how to edit. Mm. By the way, have you seen the videos on this app these days? It's like TikTok premium or something. It's like watching actual music videos on YouTube. It's like watching a whole TV show or movie production from under a minute to 10 minutes or weekly. It feels like Vine all over again. I'm loving it. But as a fan, it feels that way. As a content creator, it's totally different. So maybe this is why I needed a break from the pod for a week. I wanted to know if your boy still has his editing touches. If he can still do it. If he can still mess around with the filters. Sorry, but you can't put me in the box. (laughs) You asked me to start a new app and I will use all the tools available at my disposal. The podcast, the live stream, the TikTok app, another app, doesn't matter. I will make sure something big happens to me on that thing. In the span of a month, I've done videos for Supernatural. Joined up with old friends, doing some videos, got new followers, and made new friends. Yes, some are new fans of the podcast as well. We're making a new community. I'm introducing my TikTok friends to the Fatherless Behavior Squad. Y'all know what they are. Y'all know who they are. (laughs) I didn't say I had ideas. And those ideas stemmed from this trending topic that has come up. Where the person in the video says there's some type of fandom or familiarity. And then ends up with a, of course we do this. So I decided to come up with my own. And the first thing that came to my mind was a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. Of course, I haven't done the one-minute video yet. So this is like the first time you're hearing of it. So here it is in all this beautiful glory. We're podcasters. Of course, we're going to post the latest episode. Eventually. Too soon? Next one, we're podcasters. Of course, we're going to help other podcasters brainstorm ideas. This one just happened the other night in my chat when one of my friends was questioning if they should start a podcast. We brainstorm the hell out of it. So it was kind of new. It was kind of awesome to have, hey, how about this? How about we do this? How about this and this and this? Next up, we're podcasters. Of course, we're going to look stuff up and then go down a deep rabbit hole. Everything I've ever done, every segment. Yeah, that's that's what 
the rabbit hole. We're podcasters. Of course we buy our own merch. I'm kind of wearing my hoodie right now. <laughs> um, we're podcasters. Of course we have a group chat with other podcasters. There's one, but all we do is post a link to our new episode. I don't know anybody, anybody nobody knows me. However, there's a Discord server with in another group that I'm in. Amazing people. We know of each other as small. I like it small. So, you know, like we, we, we have to know each other. We're podcasters. Of course, we follow other podcasters. And our podcast. We support each other. This one was said by one of the podcasts in the chat. In the group chat. And followed up by saying. Unfortunately we don't listen to the podcast. (sighs) That's very true. It's very true. We're podcasters. Of course, we fall asleep to the sound of our own voice during editing. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I, I I I do that all the time. Um, hey, if you're a podcaster and you do this, let me know. But I know that's me. It's taken me four hours to get an hour episode up, and it's the sound of my own boring voice. Um, and before I continue, yes, I know you think my voice isn't boring and soothing. Thank you for that. But I'm just saying, it's the sound, it's the editing. I fall asleep to the editing. Next up, we're podcasters. Of course, we're going to tell you in full detail what our podcast is about. Y'all ready for this? I'm going to do it again. So in January 2021. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not not doing that again. (laughs) Try holding a conversation face-to-face with a member of your family and telling them you have a podcast and you're trying to tell them what your podcast is about. Why has it changed? Uh, Why has it gone from wrestling to mental health to music to reviewing a TV show on Netflix? And then... Having that family member just look at you, uh, what? We're podcasters. Of course we know we talk with our hands even though you can't see us. Um, you can't see it. I'm doing it now. The only people that can see it is the people in the chat on TikTok. Say hello, TikTok chat. If you've ever seen Kevin Smith or heard about Kevin Smith and his podcast, then you know what I mean. But even other podcasters, they tend to talk with their hands and move around. I do that. Only thing is you can't see me. So, I'm going to name drop. I'm sorry. I have to. Luna Havoc on YouTube. She's a TikToker also. Wrestling content as well as cosplay. I've been following her on the talk since 2020, I think, I believe. All over the social as well. I'm a big supporter. She's an amazing content creator, but ever since I said we talk with our hands, I've now noticed that other people have done this the whole time, including her. She likes to talk with her hands, as do I. 
Okay, the last one, but certainly not least, because I may add more to this list. We're podcasters. Of course, we're checking the analytics every 15 to 20 minutes. You can't tell me you don't because you do. Try to go a day without checking your analytics. Go ahead. Try it. The podcast is your baby. It is my baby. You have to check for a new download or for a surge of downloads. You have to check if the pod is hungry or if they need changing. Who's listening from what country? What episode is going to the most listens to? That's what I base mine off of. So yes, I do tend to check every about every hour or so. It's a thing I've done every since I hit that first year mark. So, you know, it's there. Sorry, I have to check right now. Nope. 9,700 still. Told you. We're 300 away from 10K. It's happening. Where it's going to happen. So yeah, <laughs> every everything's coming up. Everything's coming up. Hi everyone, this is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than two million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Hi, everyone. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And if you've ever watched a TV show and thought to yourself, oh my God, that season finale plot twist was absolutely bonkers. Or seen a movie and thought, wow, I need to talk to somebody about this train wreck immediately. Then we think you'll fit right in with our podcast, I Hate It, Let's Watch It. We watch TV shows like Riverdale and Emily in Paris. And movies like Deep Water, Killer Sofa, Rubber, and Deadly Illusions. And we give them the total rinse they deserve. It's basically group therapy for movie masochists. So come check us out wherever you stream podcasts. Welcome back, and we're moving right along with Glow on Netflix Season 2, Episode 4. For those that are new, this is a recap and review podcast of the TV series Glow on Netflix, a show about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling that was set in the 80s. I will have bits of trivia here and there with additional interviews from the creators, directors, or stars of the show throughout the years. All in all, it makes for an awesome episode. If you haven't yet watched Glow, I suggest you do so and follow along as I recap and tell you what I thought of the episodes. And if you haven't yet, check out episode 123, where I talk about the first season and pilot episode of Glow, if you want to go back and listen. Episode 4 is titled Mother of All Matches. Uh, this episode was directed by two directors, by two people actually. Mark A. Burley, who has directed episodes of Glow before, um, and John Cameron Mitchell, actor and director known for Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Short Bus, and How to Talk to Girls at Parties. He is currently on the hit TV series City on Fire. 
Written by Kim Rosenstock. She is known for Only Murders in the Building, New Girl, and Single Parents. Synopsis. On the day of the big match between Welfare Queen and Liberty Bell, Tammy visits her son at Stanford and Debbie hit an emotional wall. Uh, this episode was very eccentric towards Tammy and Debbie. The only other characters on the episode are Ruth at the very end, Russell, who was recording the match at the end, and Bash, who was announcing. Uh, guest stars are Mark, Debbie's husband, and Ernest, who is Tammy's son she was visiting in college. Um, I'll let you know what I saw at the end of the episode. The show Code opens on a match promo between Welfare Queen against Liberty Bell for the battle for the crown and set to end later in the week. They take shots at each other first, with Queen holding a bucket of KFC chicken, saying she calls this the Liberty Bell special because it's all white meat and she found it in the trash. Liberty Bell says Welfare Queen is nothing but a big phony. She knows it, the fans know it. And Queen knows it. Welfare Queen says the toothpick with the tatas can't take her down. Liberty Bell says Welfare Queen needs to stop being a chicken and fight her. She clucks. Welfare Queen asks if she called her a chicken. Well, cluck, cluck, baby. This chicken is about to lay all her eggs. Liberty Bell says Queen stole her crown and she wants it back. Queen says she'll see her redneck ass in the ring next week. Liberty says she will face her. Welfare Queen says it's just you and me and laugh as she squares up. Next scene is of Welfare Queen or Tammy driving up to the drive-thru of a restaurant. The worker hands her three cups of coffee. Tammy asks for two homestyle potato things. She says it's for her son. He's at Stanford. The worker says she came and get her kid to read a book without a supervillain. So how did Tammy do that? Tammy explains that her son loves school. Full scholarship. The only thing he doesn't love is the food. She asks if her shift starting or ending. A staff worker says ending. She's been on her feet for 10 hours. Tammy says she'll be on her butt for 12. But at least she gets to see her kid for a few hours before she drives back down for work. The worker tells her she's a good mom as she hands Tammy the bag of potatoes. Tammy is proud of herself and drives off with the GLOW logo appearing on the screen. The show opens on, finally on Debbie showing up at a daycare, telling the teacher that she forgot his formula. The teacher says it's fine. They always have experts for Randy. Debbie says that she's been stuffing his stuffed animal down her shirt at night so Randy can smell her scent for comfort. And think it's her. It makes it seem like he's a dog. Is this a thing that moms do? Um, do they do that? Like stuff. So she can smell. Anyway, she baby talks Randy and tells him to have fun. Turkey. She calls him Turkey. She have fun, Turkey. She will pick him up, but Daddy's gonna put him to bed because Mommy's working tonight, and she knows. He doesn't understand the words she's telling him, but she is supposed to talk about things so that he learns words. She tells him she loves him so much. The teacher grabs Randy and asks Debbie if she has a big day. Debbie says yes. She's getting the crown tonight. Then teacher then says, I guess that makes Randy a prince. 
Debbie hands the teacher the diaper bag and says she has a lot of work to do. Cut to Debbie right back at home, doing her nails and watching Jaxercise and working on her promo for after she wins the crown. She looks at herself in the mirror and says she accepts the crown on all mothers' behalf of all mothers out there. She is honored to have this crown, even though she doesn't place value on those things. She does value this. The telephone rings, and, it Mark, and it's Mark, office, new assistant, Susan asking Debbie what kind of model of bed they own. Debbie says she doesn't know the model at the top of her head. Susan says Mark is trying to furnish off uh, his place, so he wants to have the same one. Debbie tells Susan she knows she's trying to help, but what kind of asshole makes the secretary call his ex-wife to get the model number of his ex-bed? Susan asks if it's Eaton Allen. Debbie hangs up the phone and is upset. She takes the covers, the pillows, and the blankets off the bed in an angry fit of rage, goes outside and puts a bed for sale sign wrapped around one of the palm trees with tape around it. The address reads 3025 Linda Vista. She asks a kid who's skateboarding past her if he wants a bed. He says he got to ask his mom first. Debbie goes back to the house. Next scene is at Stanford University. Tammy's hanging out with her son, giving him a hug. He tells her to get out of her system. She says if he would let her visit more often, she wouldn't have to hug him so much. They go to the front registration of checking in, saying Tammy Dawson, mother of Ernest Dawson, and yells out loud, one of ten of Martin Luther King Jr. scholars on campus and proud of him. He is embarrassed to say the least. She is handed a schedule and they walk off. Ernest is played by Eli Gore. He's a Canadian actor that's known for his award-winning portrayal of great American Olympian athlete Dave Albertson in the film Race. For his roles in the TV series 100 as Wells, Jaha, you know, you know Wells, you know Jaha. Uh, six episodes of Ballers as Quincy Carter and 13 episodes of Mad Dog on Riverdale and 10 episodes of Derek Mays on Pearson, the spinoff to Suits. And he is the voice of Isaac on the 2016 video game Dead Rising 4. Eli has a diploma in film and television acting from the Canadian Film Center for the Arts. Back to the show, Tammy says she is on a tight schedule, but she wants to meet all of her son's friends as well as play beer pong with them. Ernest says he was thinking to stick with some of the official stuff, um, official rule stuff. She tells him he needs to forget the rules and live a little. A girl walks by and says, Hi, Tyler. Ernest says, Hi, Charlotte, as she walks away. Tammy looks at her and looks back at Ernest, asking, Who's Tyler? Ernest says, Tyler's the other black kid in his electrical engineer class. They walk off, headed towards the campus and watching other students play frisbee. Ernest tells his mom they have a student production of Pippin she might like. She tells him that she loves Ben Bering. He tells her he's not going to be in it. They laugh. He says, never mind, it starts at 8. She has to leave at 1. He asks she drove all the way up to here just for 3 hours for him. She says, why not? He knows she's crazy like that. He asks if Family Feed really needs her that bad. She is worried 
that she just lied to her son about everything. She says she's not a family feud anymore, but she has a new job and changes the conversation as they stop in front of a statue and ask if the statue is of Mr. Stanford, Mrs. Stanford, and Stanford Jr. She laughs again. He says, yes, that's exactly who it is. She wants to take a picture of the statue and ask another one of the parents if he minds taking a picture of them. The other parent recognizes her as Welfare Queen. Ernest asks, what did he call his mom? <laughs> Tammy says, thank you for watching the show. The other parent says, they watch every Saturday. It is a guilty pleasure. At every Saturday. That's true. Um... 12-year-old kid watching the show. Not a good picture when your mom... And y'all know the story. Y'all know the story. <laughs> like, <clears throat> if that whole thing with... What was her name? Uh, Godiva hadn't happened, then maybe I would have kept on watching the show. But it happened. Uh, he takes a picture and tells her it was great meeting her. Uh, give Liberty Bell some hell. Tammy says, thank you. Ernest says, ask what's going on. Tammy changes the conversation again and says, they should go to the gospel brunch. You know, Jesus and the Savior where she won't get yelled at. Ernest yells for his mom again. Next scene, we see a man asking Debbie what's wrong with the bed. She says, nothing is wrong. It's in mid condition. He asks if someone died in it. She says only her marriage died. He says there must be something wrong with it and asks for $100 and says he's a handyman. He has tools in the truck. He can take it now. She says 500 He says 100 again. She says 500 again. They're going back and forth. He says his mother's, living, his, his mother's moving in with them. He doesn't think she should spend her remaining years sleeping in his son's old twin bed. That was so annoying. It really was. Debbie closes her eyes, sighs, and then gives in. That's on you, buddy. That's on you. 500. I don't care. Next, we see her getting rid of the bed and helping him put the frame and mattress in the truck. She sold it for 100. God damn it. She goes back inside the house, does the cartwheel in the opening space, and smokes a little weed as she is relieved. Then she looks at everything in the house and realizes she wants to get rid of more things. She goes outside and puts up a new sign in front of the old sign that reads, Furniture for Sale. Back inside the house, it's already later on, she welcomes everyone for showing up and welcomes them into her home, telling them everything is for sale, including the beautiful platter from Taiwan that she is holding. She tells her neighbor Carol, who is looking at the clock, that that's her grandma's clock, and this is her ashes inside of Ace. Carol looks worried. Debbie says she's kidding. They both laugh awkwardly. She asks everyone what they want to drink. Movies and feelings. Pop, pop. Bring Your Own Popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. Bring, Bring your own popcorn. popcorn. 
Hey, it's Evo. We're going to get back to the episode you're listening to, but first, let me tell you about Dark Fate Creations. Dark Fate Creations are candles that are vibrant, colorful, marble tops, amazing, mouth-watering fragrances, fueled by lovely braided cotton wicks. Paper threads woven into every cotton wick for a clean, romantic, slow, and consistent burn. Each candle is unique from the next as they are hand-mixed and hand-poured right in Grass Valley, California. They use only coconut and soy waxes for a safer, cleaner, and longer burn time. That's almost 72 hours. That's like binging on all 130 episodes of the podcast. All fragrance blends have been heavily researched. Dark Fate Creations not only care about the look, fragrance, and quality of their candles and their other products, but also the effects they have in their customers' homes. So go to darkfatecreations.com. The link will be in the show notes. Next scene, back at Stanford. Tammy has explained everything to Ernest, and he asks about Sam. She says he's a pretty edgy director. Ernest asks if he's black, and she says he's Sicilian, which is a black kind of Italian. She says she knows what it sounds like. Ernest says it sounds like she's playing a minstrel character on public television. Tammy says it's not public access, it's cable. He says he's worried this director has taken advantage of her. She says he's not. He needs to understand it's a wrestling show. She's not the only offensive character on the show. Of course not. Everyone's offensive. He sighs. She says he has to see it. He asks when's the next taping. She says tonight. He says he's coming. She says he can't. It's parent weekend. He says he will be spending it with his parent. What kind of son would he be if he let his mom drive right back to L.A. with no sleep? She says tickets are sold out, so he says he'll wait there. There's always extra seats. His mom taught him that. She exhales. Another kid passes by, says hi, Ernest. He says, hey, Tyler. Tammy looks at short, light-skinned Tyler and is confused. <clears throat> Another kid passes by. He says, hi, Ernest. He says, Ernest says, hey, Tyler. Tammy looks at short, light-skinned Tyler as confused. Ernest says, he knows. He's about ten shades lighter than him. Tammy asks how Charlotte got him confused with Tyler. He says, let's go. She sighs again. Back at home, Debbie is still selling her furniture. She walks up to a woman who is holding onto a picture frame with Debbie and Mark. The woman says she wants to buy the picture frame, but Debbie wants to take out the picture first. The woman says he looks nice. Debbie questions what about him looks nice. The woman says she don't know what's just it was just something to say. Debbie tells the woman when Randy was born, he looked just like her, and it was surreal. She begins to cry. Late at night, she would look down at his tiny bald version of herself, screaming with her nipples out in his mouth, and then sometimes she would wipe his balls, and it'd be like her wiping her balls. You know, and then these past few months, Randy's face has been changing from her face to Mark's face, and it's not a nice face. The woman grabs another item, and Debbie tells her that Mark used to say that look like two dildos groping each other. He was funny. She sniffles as she says she feels so bad for the couple in the picture. They don't know what's going to happen to them. She continues crying because no one does. We're all just a bunch of dildos banging around trying to have a few good moments. 
The lady says she's going to buy the picture frame. Debbie says 30 bucks. The lady says she just sold the dining room table for 20 She's all over the place with the prices here. Debbie laughs and says she don't care about the money. She just wants it all gone. She tells everyone that everything is 5 bucks. All items, everything must go. End of the day, everybody's gathered around, taking items and going out the door with those items. The scene changes to Debbie alone in her house with no furniture, and she's sitting in her living room on the floor, singing Home on the Range. The phone rings, and it's Mark asking if she's okay. What's going on? You can hear Randy crying in the uh, other end. Debbie realizes she forgot to pick up Randy and cusses. Curses, sorry. Mark says, oh yeah, he's fine. They called him, and he's there. He tells her she asked her wrestling match tonight, but he wanted to make sure she wasn't dead. She says she's alive. He says, see you later, hangs up, and she begins to cry and curses. Next scene is short. Ernest is driving his mom to the match, but Tammy's dramatically looking out the window, listening to the radio talk about the traffic on the highway. Open back up to Tammy, ready for a match with Debbie. She hears Bash announce the match that's already in progress. Zoya the Destroyer against Machu Picchu. Both Debbie and Tammy are standing by. Tammy says her son is there. Debbie tells her that she forgot to pick up her son from daycare. Tammy tells her story about how she forgot Ernest at the grocery store, but he made friends with those cashiers, and now he goes to one of the best colleges in the country. They're resilient. You can hear the audience chanting for Machu. Tammy asks Debbie if she wants some coffee. Debbie says yes and calls her an angel. Tammy sighs. Ruth and Machu open the door to see Tammy and Debbie. Ruth says good luck. The crowd's great tonight. Machu says there's a little girl in the front row. She's wearing red, white, and blue for Liberty Bell. It's adorable. Bash announces, ladies and gentlemen, the mother of all matches. Liberty Bell versus the Welfare Queen. Debbie heads to the ring first as Bash continues to say, wave your flags, ladies and gentlemen, because here she comes. More American than a slice of apple pie, baking the backseat of Bruce Springsteen Chevy on the 4th of July. It's Liberty Bell. The USA military marches playing while Liberty Bell giggles and slides into the ring saying, persecuted by the English. Yeah, it's so dramatic. Persecuted by the English. And even, even so... Her accent, her, I don't know, what the hell accent is that? Persecuted by the English, we can't worship what we want to. She stands up and yells, we will persevere, y'all, and cheers at the crowd. Bash says, what a portrait of a lady, Liberty Bell. She's got it all. The crowd cheers. Even the little girl in the front row is cheering. Debbie tells Keith, love you, ref. Hope the family is well. Bash announces, and now our defender, the craziest and laziest, entering the ring for the first time in months, defending her championship crown, is the Welfare Queen. The crowd boos. Welfare Queen comes out, proud of herself, asking the crowd if they like her coat, her fur coat. She has the fur coat, and thanks them for it because she bought it with their taxes. Ernest is sitting sitting in the front row watching in horror as his mom is doing this gimmick. Offensive gimmick. Welfare Queen continues to upset the crowd saying, Body brought to you by the government cheese. 
the lady of leisure. She laughs as she takes off her fur coat. She says, hate me if you want to. She puts the crown on top of a pillow and calls it her precious. Bash asks, will she retrieve it? Only time will tell. Instead of getting in the ring, she sits on the lawn chair. Bash asks if this is a wrestling match or a cookout. Bash says, lawn chair and grill brought to you by their sponsors at Patio Town. Glendale location closing soon, so get on it. She tells Welfare Queen Liberty Bell has been training for weeks. Is the Queen worried? She says, no. It's going to be a day at the beach as she slips on her coconut water. Crowd yells, oh, come on. Liberty yells at the queen to get up, coward. Get up and fight. Liberty yells that she's mad and look at the chicken and starts getting out of the ring saying, Welfare Queen is scared to fight because she knows she will lose. She hasn't wrestled in a month and she can't even move. Chicken. She continues clucking and laughs everything in the crowd. She continues laughing, laughing and laughs. She continues clucking and laughs. Everyone in the crowd starts laughing as well as Ernest. He's starting to get into it. Bash says the crowd is starting to get into it. We got cluckers, ladies and gentlemen. Cluck, cluck, baguck. Liberty says they're all going, they're all doing it. We're a family of McNuggets. Welfare Queen grabs the lawn chair, folds it up, and hits Liberty Bell on her back, knocking her down. Ernest winces at his shot. Bash says the chair broke her like a pile of twigs. Sponsored by Patio Town. <laughs> Tabby takes Debbie into the ring. Keith rings the bell. Bash says, well, looks like Welfare Queen is not giving up her crown tonight, folks. Welfare Queen kicks the back of Liberty Bell's head and Bash continues. Liberty Bell might have to take a rain check hit and we all know that check's gonna bounce. Tabby says this is her house as she grabs the Liberty... A submission move. Liberty Bell asks the ref to help her, but he asks if she gives up. She yells, No. Liberty escapes from the move and lands on top of Queen for the cover. The ref counts and Queen kicks out. Ruth comes out from the back in her Zoya outfit and watches the match. Queen throws Liberty into the corner and goes for a splash, but Liberty moves out of the way, and Queen hits the turnbuckle. Liberty goes to the ropes, comes back, and hangs onto the Queen into a crucifix submission move. Liberty says the power of Christ compels you while the ref checks in on Queen for the submission. Queen says no, and Liberty rolls her up. Again, Queen kicks out of it. Bash says epic battles don't end quickly. Big splash from Queen. She says, look at that pretty hair as she steps on Liberty's hair. The ref yells to get that off that hair and says he's going to count to five. Queen says she's going to rip her from the roofs as the crowd continues to boo. Queen picks up Liberty and tells her, wake up Barbie, throwing her into the corner. Queen tells her she's about to cash her check. Cha-ching. She holds Liberty over her shoulder as she screams and Queen bangs her butt. Liberty gets out of it and rolls up for another cover for a two-count. Liberty says she does this for everyone in the crowd. They mean everything for her. Queen checks in on Ernest, who is disappointed and ashamed. Liberty says, let's finish this and go home to our families. Bash says he has a feeling that ties are about to turn. 
Liberty and Queen lock up again. Keith asks Tammy if she's okay and if she's ready to do this. Tammy says, yes, it's time to go home. Liberty punches Tammy in the gut and asks the crowd, how do you spell freedom? Liberty goes to the ropes, hits a clothesline. You. She runs to the ropes again, hits another clothesline. S. She runs to the third, the ropes a third time and yells the letter A as she hits the final clothesline. The crowd cheers loudly. Liberty yells at Queen to get up. She runs up to Queen and hits a snapmare takedown. Follows it up with a cover for a three count. Bash announces the Queen has finally fallen. The winner of the match in the crowd, the one and only Liberty Bell. The crowd cheers for excitement. like to drink wine? Do you like to talk about your favorite things and rank them in categories? Then you have come to the right place. Welcome to The Sip List, a podcast where, you guessed it, we drink lots of wine and make lists of all our favorite things. My name's Amanda, and each week my guest and I will review a favorite wine we're drinking, or if they aren't cool enough to drink wine, then the lame beverage of their choice. And then we will rank our top five favorites of different things in different categories. You can expect to hear all kinds of things, from favorite horror movies to favorite Disney characters, favorite true crime books to favorite women in history. The episodes will be diverse, but they will always include wine, lists, and lots of laughs. You can find The Sip List on social media. On Facebook, just search The Sip List Pod. Be sure to like the page and join the private Facebook group for the most up-to-date info on everything that's happening. You can also find us on Instagram at The Sip List Pod. I'm really excited to bring you guys some fun and amazing content, and I hope you'll join me on this journey. And until next time, whenever life is tough, just keep sipping. In a world where true crime meets the supernatural and the unexplained. Where true crime and chills go hand in hand. Welcome to Total Conundrum, the podcast that explores the dark, the eerie, and the downright mysterious. Join us as we embark on a spine-tingling journey through the mysteries that keep you up at night. We're diving deep into true crime stories, uncovering the most baffling cases, and exploring the twisted minds behind them. But we don't stop there. We're also exploring the paranormal, from haunted houses to cryptids and all the creepy things that go bump in the night. Get ready for some supernatural thrills. And what sets us apart? Prepare for a dose of dark humor as we navigate through the creepy and bizarre. <laughs> We've got it all. Bone-chilling tales, banter, and mind-boggling conundrums. You won't know whether to scream or laugh. So grab your favorite snack, turn down the lights, and join us for a roller coaster ride of true crime and the supernatural sprinkled with a bit of comic banter. Stay curious, stay captivated, and let's dive into the world of Total Conundrum. Now available on your favorite podcast platform. Get ready to be captivated, creeped out, and cracked up with Total Conundrum. Rue 
Drew's is in the corner laughing and smiling. Bash gets in the ring with the crown, places on top of Liberty Bell's head and sings, She's the Queen. Bash says, what a match, and asks Liberty how she's feeling. Liberty grabs the microphone, and Liberty says she'd like to dedicate a victory to all the mothers out there, even Welfare Queen, because she knows she's a mother too. It's true. She has many, many kids, but she has hope in her heart. She believes in the worst among everyone can be transformed, and that's why she got Welfare Queen an entry-level position job at her favorite local fast food restaurant. Liberty puts on an apron over Queen's head who wants to cry. And it's not just Queen, it's Tammy. Tammy wants to cry. She is embarrassing her in front of her own son. Liberty starts chanting, get a job, and gives her a mop. The crowd begins to do the get a job chant. Root looks worried listening to the chant and how upset this is making Tammy. Ernest in the front row, looks like he's about to cry. Tears come running down Tammy's face. She walks out of the ring and leaves everybody in the crowd wondering what happened. Bash announces Liberty Bell is the new champ. People are confused as to what just happened and why Welfare Queen ran out of the ring crying. Ruth says, oh damn, as she realizes everyone's about to turn on Liberty Bell. Bash asks Liberty Bell to tell the audience more about her lovable daughter. Liberty says, as you all know, I fight every match for my little girl, Savannah Rose. Yes, I am just like y'all. Someone in the crowd yells, long live welfare queen. Bash says, someone get that jack-o'-lantern out of here. Everyone is booing. Root immediately turns to Zoya, goes up to the lady with the cute little girl and tells her she's with the show, but can she borrow her daughter? She tells the little girl to yell for mommy. The mom tells her it's okay. The little girl screams for mommy. Zoya screams at Liberty Bell in a Russian accent, saying she has her daughter, Savannah Rose. No one moves. Zoya has Shashka, Russian saver, behind her back. She claims if anyone tries to follow her, little girl will eat sword. Bash asks Zoya why she is doing this. Zoya says they have unfinished business. You cannot ignore Zoya. If Liberty Bell wants to see Sniveling run alive again. You have to fight me. She laughs as she runs out while the girl yells for mommy. Liberty yells out, No, don't take her. You hear mommy one more time echoing out the door. Bash says, Well, this match is taking a heartbreaking twist, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Bell wins the crown but loses her daughter. And what's a mother without a child? He whispers, Softly, just a person. Liberty starts saying, starts crying. Someone says, don't let her get away. Liberty screams, my daughter, and continues crying, but continues cheering and waving to the crowd. The match is over. Next scene, Ernest has been waiting for his mom outside by the ring. Tammy finally leaves the locker room. He asks if she's okay. She says, of course, it's all planned out. No one actually gets hurt. He says he didn't mean the wrestling. She says she's okay. She wasn't ready for him to see all of that. It's different with him watching. She asked him what he thought. He says that it was okay, but he said it was offensive and laughed saying she was right. It was definitely offensive. He says he can't believe she did all that wrestling and threw a white girl across the ring. 
He asked her, when did she get that strong? He never seen her do any exercise. She looks up at him, very proud of him, and smiles, telling him, chasing his behind around. She laughs, carrying him here and there. Mommy up, mommy no walk. That's all the exercise she ever needed. He asked if she ate anything before the match. She says she had a muffin. He says that's not dinner, and tells her he's taking her out for dinner. It's still parents' weekend. They gotta do something normal. Tammy says, okay. Look at you. He opens the door for her and says, thank you. He says he's kind of scared of how now, of her. He says he's kind of scared of her now. She says she should, he should be. She's a former champion. They laugh as they head out the door. The shot closes in on the wrestling promo poster of Welfare Queen and Liberty Bell presented by KDTV. Next scene is Mark waiting at the empty house. Debbie finally gets home. She closes the door behind her and knows that Mark is disappointed in her. She says she made a few changes to the house. He says he calls her about the bed and she goes and sells all the furniture. He asks if she's crazy. Where's Randy going to sit? Where is he going to eat? She tells him don't worry about Randy. He says he worries about Randy all the time. He thinks about how he's going to feel having two houses. He was trying to get his place ready so it felt more familiar to him. She realizes that and says, oh. He tells Debbie she always takes everything too far and asks her if she ever think about the person on the other side. She asks if he's calling her a bad mother. Mark says, no, he didn't say that. Mark changes the conversation and tells Debbie that Randy ate and he crawled around the floor. They read the book about the moon and he said goodnight to everything in the room. He says he is going home and he grabs his coat and they both say goodnight to each other. He leaves. Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell's You're All I Need to Get By begins to play. She puts her stuff down and she starts walking away. Next scene is Ernest driving his mom while she's sleeping in the car on their way to the restaurant. He holds her hand. He's very proud of her. We go back to Debbie's place. There's a sign on the door. Please do not enter in his Randy's playroom with his stuff still intact. She watches over his crib. She grabs his toy and checks in on him, saying hi. She misses him. She plays the pillow on the floor and lays down right next to the Randy's crib. The shot closes in on Debbie grabbing Randy's hand and end credits. Alright, this was a beautiful episode. Earlier when I was describing the cast, I didn't want to say Tammy or Debbie were doing storyline A or storyline B because to me, these two felt equal. It felt the same. It felt like one big massive storyline from one person to another. Uh, both are moms, but Tammy was trying so hard to impress her young adult son, while Debbie is a mom of a newborn, so this is her first time doing this stuff. Yes, she dropped off her son, Randy, at the daycare and forgot about him, but she was doing something at home. She was selling her furniture. She thought, you know, it's what um, Mark wanted. Um, selling for furniture for five bucks? What? What? Um, later we find out that Mark only wanted to know the mic and model of their bed so that Randy has a familiarity of the home and thinks he's in the same place instead of having to look at another bed. Uh, on the other hand, Tom, Tammy's son, Ernest, doesn't get the whole wrestling and offending gimmicks and that's why she doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't want him to see that side of her and what these people yell at her when she's there. It's 
starts off offensive with the promo for promo from both Liberty Bell and Welfare Queen, and it ends just the way, just that way in the ring. However, the big song at the end to drive it home <clears throat> and end the show was perfect. It's all you needed to hear and show. Ernest supporting his mom and Debbie holding Randy's son. Randy's hand, I'm sorry. Ernest supporting his mom and holding her hand, holding her hands, and Debbie holding Randy's hand. Uh, it was a freaking beautiful episode with just those two. Uh, I forgot about the other episodes, but I really hope we get these type of episodes some more from now till season three. I last time I seen them was in 2019. Hopefully, they do the same for the rest of the cast. Another episode of Glow is up. Hope you come back next time for a predictions episode. Um, I I need to start doing these episodes again. So it's definitely happening. Uh, more Glow episodes in the weeks to come as well. Follow us, Behavior Squad. Keep listening to those episodes and send them to friends and family. Make sure you like, give the show a follow, and be a part of the Follow Us Behavior Squad because as soon as 10K happens... We're going to be celebrating on the show, on TikTok, and on the streets. Yes, you heard that right. We're going to celebrate on the streets. So let's go and let's make it happen. And yes, I don't care how annoying I get. I will count down how many downloads we're at in each episode. As always, follow us on our socials to support us from under the apron on Instagram, the threads, YouTube, Apron underscore stories on the Twitter. Follow me and join my live streams on TikTok at Evolution of a Geek, where you will also find me doing the unedited version of the podcast that will then be posted on YouTube. Listen to us on Apple, Spotify, or any other audio you can listen to podcasts on. More info on the links where you can listen or watch in the show notes. Don't forget to rate us and leave us a review. And if you feel you want a little bit more, support us on the TikTok at Evolution of a Geek. By subscribing or watching it live and get privileges such as the weekly shout out, and I will shout you out at the end of every episode. Like Lily Linguini, Menace Smiling, The Darkest Queen Rose 004, Kimmy, Toasted Bagel, Moss Queen, This Girl, KZM, Not JJ, Rabbit, Tiffany, Defense Girl, Aquarius TV, Spooky Spice, Little Miss LB. Tawny73, Miniature Mommy, Age of Shadow666, Princess in the Herb, Brando1976, Cheshire Cat Smile, Cloudy November from the Nose Attendant Podcast, Forever Jane, Undercover Kit Kat, Mike Wes92, Sahara the Darkness, eBunny06, Angela Carmona, Turtle Boy Flores, Half Size Heather, Squirrely Bree, Sandra Woodbury, Lisa, with Kalisha, Miss Devil Bean, Casey's Life, Pleasure Passport 3.0. If I haven't said enough yet, then there's a problem. Get 20% off on adult toys when you enter discount code EVO at PleasurePassport.shop. That's discount code E-V-O. Link will be in the show notes. Thank you guys for supporting this podcast. Join the live TikTok live. Subscribe or hang out and watch the live and get your name shouted out. Check out the show notes for links to other podcast thrillers that you heard on this episode. Send us a message of your favorite wrestling stories, questions, comments, ratings, or requests at our email. It is from gmail.com. Thank you for listening, joining the live, and being a huge part of the community. Tell your friends. 
join us next time for more behind the scenes stories, movies, and TV show reviews when we come to you from under the apron. I'm Evo, proud of y'all, and I love your faces. LYF. Almost at 10k!